0: Behaving like I wasn't raised from the crib. I gotta face that I'm sick. I gotta face till me sick. Waiting for me to see Jesus. Gaze at his face till I get, get, get. God, you making me better. You making me better. Can you choose to do it however, whenever, wherever? God, you making me better. You making me better. What we go through to the rings, to the videos, to the memes, to the dreams of the queens with a wish for the good life. But they really wanna be a good wife, but they really wanna come home, wish it would've been a good night. But they really so we had a fight with a price of a piece of a piece to the whoop right. I came home from that honeymoon, Feeling high, Feeling right. Turned the light. Our whole life was in front of us. Till something nudged me, take a test. Took the test and said yes. I'm saying all oh, this can't be right. Can't be sight. I'm trying to live, just can't be light. How I'm a mother after eight days of being the wife. I'm being invited to bring the life, and I can't focus on nothing else but me. Till I realize What's living in me is gift Given to me from his wisdom Living, swimming with fins, fishing with sin The shark, my heart society's bait Telling us wait, baby's first name is mistake It's the problem when it's safe Believe it, we slow down to a sovereignty Till we gotta be Taken from this life
1: like it's robbery We just
0: potteries, the joy is that the clay is shaped by grace And the potter promised me that everything will work for good This ain't life. you making me better You making me better And you choose to do it however, whenever, wherever, God, you making me better. You making me better. And you choose to do it however, whenever, wherever, God, you making me better. You making me better. And you choose to do it however, whenever, wherever, God, you making me better. You making me better. And you choose to do it however, whenever, wherever.
2: Ah, uh-huh. Jay.
3: was told that i was not able to be heard something was wrong with my microphone connection i just had my mic on i'm having to switch over to another mode to get in that's why i have backup systems in place but you are now listening to shield squad radio this is vocab malone and we are happy to be in the house tonight i encourage you right now to share this episode be sure to share this episode Go online on social media, share this episode, and also subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us for free there, and you can also catch us at Tuned In and Stitcher. Those are free ways to get it, as well as BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Shield Squad. And don't forget, you can also catch us at Shield Squad on Facebook. All right, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna this is the phone way, but I want to be heard on the microphone way. So I'm going to play another song or two because I want to make sure I get my microphone set up properly so the, the quality of the audio is better. So let me play another song. The song I just played was by Jackie Hill. It was a good song. It's called Better. Now I'm going to play or – I'm sorry. uh, I think it was Get There actually. But now I'm going to play another Jackie Hill track, and this one is Art of – joy share this episode i'm gonna work on getting set up right now see you in a second tonight we're discussing urban apologetics and the black church on shield squad radio
0: When I wake up, new mercies meet me. two herds greet me. They search me with an urgency. We see beat like seaweed. Body in is cursive. It's worship, it's rehearsal. It's universal who you work through. The church's purpose is to search you. Mm. This verse's purpose is to alert the murky Purpose of the joy cease. I've seen it hitting where the joy beat. Inside the commands to so plan B, destroy me, the parts of me that can't enjoy B, deploy B, deploy peace, two fingers like a 70-boy team with some bell bottoms, hails riding with objects that reject the better yet they've forgotten the compass, that the optics only option is spotting the obvious, when the doctor got them gossip is cropped from the topic, it's a process when I'm watching the rock and it's promised, must be honest, there's some blinders, it's time in my progress, um, then i remember.
2: Make us happy when we look at you. Can make us happy when we look for you. That is not to only have to those who look aloud in you, glad you. Can make us happy when we look at you. Can make us happy when we look for you. That is not to only have to those who look aloud in you, glad you. Who look aloud in you, glad you. That is not to only have to those who look at in you,
0: glad you. To find joy in everything, searched a couple mountains. Even thought I could get it from two for 15s that filled my lungs. with up that higher and inspired me like a 16 or 16. It didn't work, but what did it was the finish work. Brought me back to himself. Now I'm living in reverse, seeing good gifts as a glimpse of the giver. Not the gifts as a giver. Merry Christmas if the vision works. If you've seen them, then you get it A image no sentence can keep out of a mental prison Our mental was limited with mentioning his existence When it was finished, that was the beginning of our joy I love attention. if I'm happy in you, I'm happy with you Attraction to you makes the jazz pass passes, turn the ashes, grab the urn and burn it Faster than the Jackie Journal Track and learn the satisfaction Serving you, I'm just happy learning you she make us happy when we
2: look at you She'll make us happy when we look for you Got a distraction only happens to those who work a in you, glad in you Can make us happy when we look at you, can make us happy when we look for you Got a distraction only happens to those who work a in you, glad in you, who work a in you, glad in you Got distraction only happens to those who walk a in you
3: What's up, y'all? This is Vocab Malone, as you can tell. Just trying to work out kinks. That's how it goes a lot of times in the beginning of these shows. There's always something different that needs to be taken care of. But um, I'm, for now, I'm going to be doing the show from the phone microphone. I'm preferring to do the show, of course, from my internal microphone on my laptop, but I'm not having success as of now. So this is how we're doing it, but let me know if you can hear me, and we'll get this show started. Again, uh, please call in 917-889-2233, Shield Squad Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash Shield Squad. I'm going to see if I've got my people on the line right now, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring them in to discuss tonight's topic, which is... Urban apologetics in the Black Church, before I kick that off, let me read a passage of scripture that I think is good, that I think is relevant. We often hear First Peter 315 in relationship to apologetics, and I think that that's fine. That makes sense. But there's another passage I like to share that's not heard as frequently that I think is equally applicable, which is Colossians chapter four. And then verses 5 and 6. Let me read these. This is from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. That's good right there. That's good right there. Let your speech, these are things that you say. Always be gracious. It's filled with the good news of God's grace, but it's also gracious towards the hearer. I believe that's the application of the fact that we're saved by grace. Season with salt, yeah, that preserves, but it's also necessary for life, but it also makes you thirsty for water, and also might mean you got a little flavor. So you may know how you should answer. That means this is the way you're supposed to do it each Person. Now, why does it say that? It could just say should answer, but it doesn't say should answer each person. That means each person is different, and the questions that they ask are different. You should answer each person. And skipping back up to verse 5, act in wisdom. Towards who? Towards those who are outside. Outside of what? Those who are outside of Christ, making the most of the time, not just the culture that you've been given and the time that you're in, but also the time that you have on this earth because you don't know when the last day is. So with that, I think that's a great way to kick off the, our show with Colossians four five six, 6. And now I bring up Brother Damon Richardson to discuss Urban Apologetics in the Black Church. How are you doing tonight, Brother Damon? Hey, man, I'm doing
4: wonderful. God bless you. Uh, good to be on with you tonight.
3: Yes, sir. It is awesome to hear you. We met back down in May at the One Truth Conference. Now, why did you make the trek from Atlanta to Florida, to go to the One Truth Conference.
4: <laughs> I was told by um, a number of good brothers that uh, I would be able to meet uh, some, uh, some other urban apologists, Christian urban apologists, that, uh, that would uh, most likely be there. And, uh, and quite a number of names were given uh yours was one of them and and indeed i was able to uh to meet you and make some connections with some uh some some other uh brothers and and uh some that are working in the field of uh christian urban apologetics and uh so it was it was uh fruitful indeed
3: so do you feel like uh it was it was so you felt like it was a good trip and then um then i started seeing you online I started seeing some stuff you were doing, and it was some good stuff. And I remember I shared uh, one of your videos that you did where you were discussing the Sabbath, and I thought that was good. And, um, you know, just saw some good material, and then we kind of kept in contact. As far as, well, I kind of kept in contact, you know, checking what you were doing on social media and whatnot. And then recently, some stuff kind of flared up again. Where uh you got involved with an urban apologetics conference yourself there in Georgia and you uh did some teaching for what, three days at Divine Order Church, is that right?
4: Uh yeah, actually three um consecutive Thursdays. Um we right. skipped over uh of course uh Thanksgiving, uh, but the previous two Thursdays and then last Thursday I came in as a guest on a on an apologetic series uh that uh Pastor Stefan Bell had conducted for roughly about um seven or eight weeks.
5: All
3: right, and how do you think overall that went? Because it's over now, right?
4: Yes, it concluded uh Thursday past and uh I, I think it was it was it was great, very informative uh, the feedback that we got was uh, was incredible. Um, uh, there was a, a lot of things that were covered. When I came in, uh, the um, the areas that I uh, dealt with were, of course, the uh, Nation of Islam. I talked about the uh, Moor Science Temple. Uh, I also talked about uh, the Five um, Percent Nation of Islam and. Uh, let's see a little bit about the new And of course on Thursday, it was almost a wrap up. So we did a lot of Q and a.
3: Excellent, man. So if you've been able to do a lot of things like that, is this one of the first, I mean, I know you've been doing apologetics for a while, but as far as urban apologetics type conferences or, you know, series, um, how's it been as far as the churches go, you know, with your experience?
4: Uh Uh, I I would say that it's been – more recently, it's been um, with the – there's been almost an explosion, a popularity of sorts uh, in the area of urban apologetics. So I would say as of lately, it's it's been going uh, very well. Earlier on, uh, when I started doing it in um, very informal kind of ways, just kind of having conversations – um, it, it wasn't well received, and I think that a lot of the circles uh, that I was, uh, you know, functioning in, uh, were kind of more of your almost your anti-intellectual uh, kind of uh, circles. So, so it wasn't really well received. A lot of uh, uh, Christian churches still don't see, especially within the urban context, still don't see the need uh, as as they should for uh, the for urban apologist.
3: Well brother Dana, why do you think that's starting
4: to change oh wow i i think with the um, with the rise uh not i wouldn't even say the emergence because these groups have uh they've been operating within an urban context uh for uh many over one hundred years um but I think with the rise of social media there is an uh an influx and infiltration of um a lot of different doctrines and ideologies and theologies that are coming from uh, your uh, comedic conscious groups uh, that are coming from your black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, the five percenters are beginning to make a, uh, another rise, and of course the Nation of Islam has been operating for uh, since the 30s. Um, with social media now, it, 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 is, it is placing those theologies and doctrines at the fingertips, of uh, the average person through uh, the popularity of memes and uh, and uh, YouTube and a number of uh, of these kinds of uh, mediums so uh, I, I think more than ever now uh, because we are being confronted with that, and because these groups are cherry picking uh, people from uh, uh, the urban uh, and the black church, uh, there is a a growing need and a sense of we really do need an apologetic now. You know, who can we turn to? What can we turn to? What resources exist? Uh, And and, and so I think um, uh, those are some of the contributing factors.
3: Nice. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to start this as we discuss this concept of urban apologetics and the black church. I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we're going to bring up our next guest. I like to keep surprises, although it's kind of been announced nonetheless. Uh, I like to let a show build upon itself. So while I ask this next question to Brother Damon, I encourage everyone that's listening, I see we've got quite a few people on the line. That's excellent. But tonight's such a great and important topic, and i got such great guests that I encourage you to share this on social media, and let's get some more listeners. So if you have Twitter, tweet out that picture. Tweet out the link. Tweet out the phone number. If you have Facebook, make a post. Go in some groups you know where people might appreciate this. Tell them, jump on right now. And if you got even Instagram, you can take that picture and you can put it on Instagram. So there's multiple ways to do it, and um, you can even do crazy things like go on Facebook Live or Periscope yourself while you're listening to the show out loud and say, hey, I'm listening to the show. Here's how you can listen and give your commentary while you listen. I'm just encouraging people to get involved because this Urban Apologetics thing really is a grassroots movement, and in a lot of ways it's a DIY movement. So let's be unique and creative, and let's share this, and let's get this rolling. So – Next question is I'm going to ask you to define kind of the terms of the topic tonight before I bring on our next guest. When we say urban apologetics, what do we mean, and why do we connect, or why, why would we say something like urban apologetics in the black church? Now, There's other ways we could phrase it, but that right. general idea, why are we even kind of discussing it that way? But first, if you could uh, define what you mean when you say urban apologetics, Brother Damon
4: gotcha that's a great question so so uh what I mean by urban apologetics is is that I see that there is a need to uh, bring apologetics uh within an urban context because there are uh issues within the urban context that require uh the church to uh to be able to respond to in a way that uh, is contextualized uh so so for instance uh when we're dealing with uh other forms of apologetics classically regardless of the kind whether it's uh presuppositional or cumulative case or evidential it doesn't matter typically it, it it's dealing with a lot of uh you know uh, uh philosophy arguments for god you know uh, theism um and um you know it, it's dealing with these kinds of arguments but in 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 the black community uh for the most part uh the the issue is not about whether god exists more traditionally um the black community is going to be theistic so so you don't really need that what what you need is an apologetic that addre- that addresses uh some of the existential issues uh such as uh the need for and uh social justice uh, uh racism and some of the charges that are leveled at the black church as a result of uh the black ex- event, uh, the black experience, so for instance when you're in uh the, in urban context you're you're more likely to hear a black Christian uh that christianity is a white man 's religion, why should I trust the church uh uh look at what we've what, what we've what we've been experiencing? Uh, historically and where was the church and and what did they say as it re- uh, uh, you know as it relates to uh our suffering or our our plight uh so so uh, urban apologetics uh addresses from a scriptural vantage point and perspective uh those issues that are particular to people within an urban context particularly uh black people who who are more likely to level a challenge and a charge uh, against the black church, uh, out of suspicion for, um, uh, for as, as you know, out of a suspicion of what it is that we are uh, putting forth uh, biblically and theologically, and so typically, that's what I mean when I say urban apologetics is is really being able to provide answers and reasons for our faith that particularly address uh, those concerns that you might find. in that kind of context.
3: Excellent, excellent. Well, it is time to bring up our next guest, as promised, because he was the man behind this miniature urban apologetics conference or whatever term you would like to use for. But it was something that he brought in Damon for, but it's not something that just he had Damon come in and that was that, meaning this is a pastor who in the very lifeblood of his church has apologetics as part of what he teaches on a regular basis. It's, apologetics and those considerations are part of the diet of the church there, and so they were just doing what they do. Now, uh, some people may think that's odd, but it's needed, as, as you know, I hope you can see by this conversation, and a lot of you understand that if you're listening, but this is a message we want to get out to more and more people. So Pastor Stefan Ball, welcome to Shield Squad Radio. Tell us why you do what you do at the church? Why is yours a church that has urban apologetics in its very regular diet? Why is that the case?
6: Well, well, first of all, Vocab, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Uh, I've followed you for, uh, uh, recently, and I just want to tell you, man, thank you for what you're doing in the community. I think what you're doing is very important, and uh, it's an honor to be on the call. Uh, secondly I want to correct you in one thing. It's Stefan Bell B E L L. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Hey, that lets everybody know we, we, we haven't been knowing each other since childhood. But we, we, we are friends. Um I I wanna tell you why we're doing this uh at the docks and we call the docks, Divine Order Church, uh here in Marietta, Georgia. Why are we, why are we doing this? Uh one of the questions that came to uh Damon and I last night is um what, what is one of the most valuable things that comes from apologetics? Or what should be the priority when it comes to studying uh, apologetics? And the priority that we both agreed on, Damon and I, was the biggest priority for an apologist or any Christian is to know your own, you know, you know your own theology, <laughs> to study your own stuff, to know your scriptures. And so what I found as a pastor, and, and we've been around for just three years is that there's a high level of uh, biblical illiteracy, biblical history illiteracy, uh, even the scriptural illiteracy in the community. And so what I wanted to do is go to another level, really teach the history of the Bible, where did it come from, who was there to get truths about uh, the foundations of scripture, um, some of the more uh, specific um, archaeological or genealogical information out there that can help, Christians really understand what they believe in. So as I looked into it and asked questions, uh, we we found that there was a lot of that lack of information. But most important, uh, most important vocabulary. I had a group of uh, senior high school students went to college. when We first joined, uh, sorry, the church. Uh, maybe I could say about a dozen students that went to college, and I started getting all these phone calls, man. And the phone calls are from my college kids or their parents saying, hey, I'm being attacked as a Christian on this campus. And oftentimes, HBCU campuses, but it was, it was no uh, discrimination on which campus it would be on. It could be a, a, a diverse campus or an HDCE campus. And the attacks were from so many different directions. But it was one thing that was, that was uh, a thread between all the kids. They had no clue how to respond. And it was attacking their faith. So what we started with three years ago was classes for our college kids and seniors and juniors in high school and their parents. But once the other parents found, found out, other people in the community found that we we're doing this at the doc, they said, why don't you expand, expand, it, to entire, expand it to the entire community? And my, and my answer was so simple, absolutely. So we've been doing this for three years. We've taught so many things, anything from what is Scientology, what is, uh, the nation of Islam, of course, with the uh, Black Conscious Movement. We've talked about, uh, of course, uh, the more Science Temple. We've talked about uh, the na- nation of Islam. We've talked about Hebrew Israelites and commit Egyptology. We've gone through it all, but we even talk about faith such as Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. It's very important we know what we are as opposed to what other uh, uh, belief systems are. And what I found is that the response has been vocab, man, the, the faith of Christians is extremely, extremely bolstered when they learn uh, the, how to to operate in apologetics.
3: Right. That's excellent. And uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry about your last name. I got it right on the flyer. Uh,
2: my bad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man.
3: But, uh, yeah, so that's good, and I'm glad. Once I heard about the types of stuff that you guys were doing at the church, I was glad. That was an excellent thing, and it sounds like the response has also been excellent from the people. This is something they like. This is something they want. This is something they realize they need. And so that's an encouragement, I hope, to other churches to jump on and be part of this. So that's excellent. Um, Any – like, what have you guys done in the past? You guys have been around, I think, three years as far as divine order. What are some things you guys have done in the past? that maybe other people could uh, look to say, okay, that's a, that's an interesting way. And what are some, some some of the things that you've learned in the area of urban apologetics from what you've done in the past?
6: Well, I can tell you this. Um, when it comes specifically to urban apologetics, I think I mentioned it uh, during my initial presentation, uh, discussion, and that is we have seen that there are just so many, Damon, you touched on it too, so many different belief systems out there that there is a a strong sense of confusion that's being created in the, in the African-American community. Uh, one person's telling you that, you know, there's no letter J in, in in the Greek alphabet, so how could there be a Jesus? Then someone else is saying that Jesus is Horus, personified, and then someone else is going to tell you that you are God, and you are, ladies, you are the earth, and you are the the, the originator of all creation. And there's so much coming at you that what happens is, it's not, it's not as often that they flee Christianity and go to those places. They just throw their hands up all together and quit. And so that is where we are, uh, what I found, man, is that once we start teaching apologetics, man, people, people were like, we're all in. <laughs> we're ready to go. The more, we, the more people that come, the more people who are consistently there. Man, once, we, once they get in and they start understanding the, the foundation, and especially – Regarding uh, the, the 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 things that the African African community has contributed to the scriptures, once they find out those truths, man, they're ready to go. Man, they're on fire, and that's what matters most to me: is God getting His glory through that type of fire.
3: Amen, amen. All right, so you guys have worked together recently, and uh, I don't know much about in the past, but. Uh, what was the overall experience like, and are you guys, Damon, Stefan, plan on doing stuff together? Or kind of what are future plans in this area? Maybe, uh, Stefan, if you had something to say, and then Damon, if you had something to say as well.
6: Well, I can tell you uh, it kind of reminds me of a Paul and Barnabas experience or a <laughs> Paul and Silas experience, man. You know, God has a way of bringing his people together. And I can tell you, Damon Richardson is my brother. Uh, we 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 fellowship together over over food and meals, and uh, we we talk often. He's actually come to the church and spoke to our, our uh, congregation on our uh, Sunday service. And uh, some of our members have said, "Pastor, are you sure you want to come back?" We like this guy a lot, but um, <laughs> we 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 are brothers. And so my answer to your question is: is There going to be future opportunities? Uh, absolutely. Uh, we've already started discussing some things that we can do more on a, uh, a wider range uh, that may be more national uh, that can, and even assisting pastors who may not see this as their calling uh, to be a resource. If you want someone to come in and talk to your congregation or start a class within your church, uh, we want to be here for that. We want to be able to, at least, it's not us. We have, a, as you know, vocabs several folks out there who are strong in apologetics, especially urban apologetics, who so would be Excellent, yeah, to any church, so we want to be able to do that in the future
3: excellent, brother Damon,
4: yeah, I agree with uh my uh uh brother pastor uh, Stefan. uh we uh we have talked about um more recently about a number of things, one includes uh putting together a consortium of uh urban apologists uh across the country and and uh kind of really kind of building that database and and connecting. Uh, some of the efforts of the you know the various apologists that are out there and what they're doing so so that um uh, people can become more informed about what's happening in this area and and of course um, resources, tangible resources, whether they're books or uh, whether they are um videos uh audios, podcasts uh, we, we want to really be able to pull some of that information together so that when people are asking questions uh we've got a number of uh you know resources uh that we can we can point to and um uh, and you know it's 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 um it's has it's more beneficial we kind of kind of pull some of those efforts together uh another thing that 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 we'll be working together on uh, re- uh coming up uh here in the uh Um, next month, I'm sorry, in February, uh, February of 2018, uh, is going to be uh, the Truth Summit uh, in uh, Cartersville, Georgia. Pastor uh, Isaiah Robertson is hosting that, and uh, Pastor Stefan Bell and I are both uh, going to be there in attendance. Uh, I believe uh, Adam Coleman is going to be there, and um, uh, several others, and so that's going to be great. We're going to be dealing with uh, some of the issues like what really happened at the Council of Nicaea, uh, some discussion on the black Hebrew Israelites and how Christians should respond to them. Uh, we'll be talking about, of course, conscious conscious uh, movement and um, is Christianity. Again, the white man's religion, the African roots of Christianity. We'll be dealing with, of course, some of the uh, impact of the prosperity gospel in terms of limiting uh, the impact and effect of the um, uh the black uh church uh and our voice in, in the community and uh and even dealing with the impact of abortion in in the black community. So those are some of the things that uh that Truth Summit, that apologetics uh conference is going to be uh dealing with and both my uh, uh brother Stefan and I will be uh there uh serving in, in some capacity or the other. And uh, so that's around I think that is on the sixteenth and the seventeenth Of February for uh, any of you that could make your way to the metropolitan area of Atlanta Uh, I think Cartersville is roughly about 45 minutes north of uh, the Atlanta area
3: Nice Uh, For future things that you guys do, what are good ways that people can follow so Damon Richardson for example, I know you do a lot of live Facebook videos where you're answering questions such as something about the status, stuff like that What's the best way for people to kind of see what you're up to, Damon?
4: Uh yeah, so that it would definitely be uh Facebook Live. Uh also I'm um, I, I often move those videos over to my YouTube channel, uh which is just simply Damon Richardson Ministries. Uh but 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 typically more than not what I end up doing, uh I'm I'm an itinerant uh preacher, so I end up um I end up doing uh apologetic seminars. Uh, in churches, and those are usually around one of the, uh, some of the uh, topics that I read off, those seminars are usually geared around one of those uh, uh, focuses there. So, you know, it's Christianity, again, the white man's religion, uh, or uh, issues like, of course, the Council of Nicaea, and things like that. So I do, I I bring those to, um, I bring those to church locations as a way of being able to help equip uh, the local church uh to be able to provide an apologetic uh mostly because members of those churches have relatives family members friends and and the like who are uh who have been impacted by uh some of those kinds of doctrines and teachings
3: well excellent what about um in the in the case of i know it's a little bit different cuz we're talking about a, a church situation but uh yeah. Pastor Stefan Bell, what about if people want to see anything you guys or you particular are doing? How do they get a hold of that?
6: Well, uh, we're actively um available on our website which is divineorderchurch.org, divineorderchurch.org, or we operate on Facebook at um divineorderchurch.org, we're in Marietta, Georgia. And we're pretty um, current. We stay pretty current to the minute on in real time of what we're doing at the church uh, when it comes to our teachings. Uh, we even have on the site, if you want to listen to I Do on Sundays, um, you can do that under our um, past audio sermons tab on the website. So you'll have plenty of opportunities to go back. We go all the way back to probably 2014 or so, so you can pick and choose while you're driving to listen to some of those messages. As for the apologetics classes, we're working on a way to start recording them because there's a lot of requests from people who are not in the Atlanta or Georgia area to uh, listen to some of those uh, or at least watch some of those discussions. And so we're looking at being able to do that next year as we move into our next uh, subject matter.
3: Nice. All right. You uh, have anything else you want to say before I bring up our first caller? we got somebody on the line. Don't know who it is. Yeah, but if, we'll I, see if your... I could
4: say if I could this, I um I, and I meant to bring it up uh, when you asked about various ways to engage. Um, uh uh-huh. I do have a website. My website is currently under construction, and and um, uh, we're adding some new features to it. But Richardson dot org and dot net. Uh, if you happen to see it on any kind of flyer or what have you, and you're not getting through. It's not a mistake. It is currently under construction, and and one of the things that we'll be adding to it uh, in the uh, near future will be uh, uh, videos uh, and uh, e-books and a number of things that will be um, resources in the areas of uh, apologetics articles, and uh, so it's kind of being revamped right now and uh, working with a group that is uh, uh, doing an overhaul on that page, so uh, be on the lookout for uh the uh the the new the relaunched uh Damon Richardson uh dot dot org. All
3: right, excellent. And uh we got quite a few people listening on the line. Remember, you can listen by calling in nine one seven eight eight nine two two three three. I mean can you can even text that phone number to your friends and say, hey, call in, listen on your phone, whatever you're doing, you know, check out the show right now through your phone. You can listen in and uh just share that number. Also, if you're on the line and you would like to say something, you have a comment or a question for either of these men, please press 1. So if you do call in, however you're listening, please press 1. And you can also get it at uh, social media. So if you leave a comment or question at Shield Squad on um, Facebook.com, I probably will see it. There's also the chat at blogtalkradio.com slash ShieldSquad. But calling in is the best way. So let me bring up the first caller. You've been holding for quite a long time, and I appreciate your patience. 305-834, you are calling now on the Shield Squad Radio. Just state your name and where you're from, and then ask the question. Where are you from? What's your name? 305-834. Okay.
7: Okay, this is Maxwell Goldberg uh, from Miami, Florida. What's going on, Vocab? Right on.
3: Hey, good to hear your voice, Maxwell.
7: Okay, nice to uh, talk to you, Voltaire. All right, my question is for the panel. And uh, dealing with uh, Reformed theology Being that it's uh, it has a Eurocentric Base um, Why should blacks uh, Be involved in something that has Such a Eurocentric base And why are not uh, more blacks Involved in the Eastern Orthodox movement Which doesn't have such a Bad history
3: Alright so we got two questions And uh, I'll throw it out To Damon first and then if uh, Of course Stefan you want to get it he, he He believes that reform theology has a eurocentric base, so if a person's black, why should they be involved with it? Damon, what's your response to that question by Maxwell?
4: Well, uh, even uh, even reformed theology is is rooted in uh, classical historic Christian faith. Uh, so unless we are uh, positing uh, the idea uh, that Christianity has its genesis there, uh, then uh, it's it would not be uh, uncommon for uh, black Christians, black theologians, black apologists uh, to be engaging and interacting uh, with um, uh, reformed theology, even though uh, it, it it has a European root. Uh, one of the things that uh, recent scholarship has um, uh, one of the things that uh, that has emerged out of uh, recent scholarship, Is that Martin Luther, in the development of a lot of his Reformed theology, uh, did not look to Europe, but actually looked to uh, the Ethiopian church, uh, which of course is much older, rooted in the first century, uh, to compare his notes uh, and his understanding of the gospel uh, with Michael the Deacon, uh, who had been visiting Germany uh, at the time. And, and, and so there's been a, um, uh, that has been, that's a historical claim that's actually been substantiated and, uh, much has been written on that. So, so, so the reality is, is that even reformed traditions are rooted in older historic Christianity, uh, that goes well beyond even the Roman Catholic church of the, uh, fifth century. So, uh, I, I don't find any, any, the um, uh, issues with interacting With uh, European scholarship uh, However, biblical scholarship Is not uh, I, I should put it like this Biblical scholarship is not Held hostage by European scholarship And most of the Many of the uh, early church fathers uh, Particularly the North African ones uh, uh, Obviously uh, It was the result of their work uh, That brought the Christian faith To uh Europe. And and so the reality is this, is even if we're talking about Augustine uh, of Hippo, uh, who um whose work and whose life uh was lived there in North Africa, most of the reformed uh most of reformed theology is even built off of uh, Augustine's um uh lexical work so uh and his theology. So, so so the reality is is that we're really looking past that and we're looking further back into the historic Christian faith and, and most of that was uh, – mo- a lot of that theology and a lot of that work we find uh, coming from uh, North Africa and the continent of Asia. Yeah,
3: Stefan, I'm going to hand it over to you, but uh, tack on one thing to that if I could,
4: which is
3: that if you read through Calvin specifically, so John Calvin,
2: right. who uh,
3: was a Frenchman, got kicked out of France and ended up in Geneva, Switzerland, where he established a reformed Community if you read Calvin He is constantly quoting And interacting with the early church Writers and authors especially Augustine
0: and part of what exactly. Calvin
3: was saying was Hey Augustine said this stuff Way before I said It and so the Roman Catholic Can't claim that we're Inventing some new doctrine because We're actually in line With uh, a healthy church Tradition and that was one thing that they would Say when they would uh, point. To Augustine, which is true indeed Also, not only that, but um, you have the instance of Martin Luther himself Who was, was a monk before he you know, broke out and left, of course Because the Roman Catholic Church would not reform He was actually a monk of the Augustinian order Which is no accident that he was an Augustinian right. monk Not just any old monk But uh, Pastor Stefan. do you have a, a response to uh, Maxwell's question?
6: Absolutely, and I think that was an excellent question and again, you know, when you're talking about urban apologetics, the common theme that we can't forget is race. It's gonna, it's gonna always be an attachment of race to the conversation. But what I want to do is look at, at the actual doctrine. When you look at the the reformist movement, you know, what we teach in the doc is that sola scriptura. You know, that is more important to me. Then what color was the person who did this? And of course, it's important when we talk, look at the genealogy of the scriptures. Of course, we teach that in our church. But what was going on with Calvin and what was going on with Martin Luther uh, in that at that time helped us to get to where we are today—to be free to do things like authority of the Scripture and the, the the Bible being the one true thing we lean on in everything that we do. When it comes to the sovereignty of God, when it comes to the salvation by grace. All these things, including things like we want to be evangelists and that, uh, related to atonement, all these things, to me, make up uh, what is mo- most important from a spiritual perspective of how we walk things out as Christians. So I value, in addition to the history that you guys share, I also value what the belief system is. How, do, how does that affect me as a husband, as a father, and what we teach to individuals who want to walk out Christianity fully? I want to... Teach them these things when it comes to the reformist uh, belief system, because it is it, it's it, it's what makes us who who we are. I don't want to get stuck on just the who, which is very important, but what the what? Does that make sense? Yeah, All
3: right, uh, Max, are, do you a, oh, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll yes, so you have I follow just up have a sure. final.
7: I have. I just have a final statement here. All right. Uh, during the 2016 presidential election, 80 percent of white evangel- evangel- evangelicals whatever uh, who voted for their support towards a Republican candidate, while conservative white Christians usually voted Republican, black Christians elected Trump. Uh, they accepted Trump's racial rhetoric and support for white nationalists and white supremacist groups to at least dampen white evangelical uh, enthusiasm for him instead white evangelicals actually slowed uh slightly uh, and they showed slightly stronger support for Trump in the 2016 um election all right and uh stronger than they did for Mitt Romney which they usually uh vote for okay with all this in mind and the eurocentric attitude behind um reformed theology i think that uh the eastern orthodox faith being that it's based um um In Africa by our people Should be uh, looked at Rather than this European fake.
3: Well if you guys uh, Got any final things to that Before you do that I do have one thing I'd like to mention to maybe uh, Show folks that there's resources About this exact topic My favorite author on this exact Topic is Anthony Carter Who's a pastor I believe in the Atlanta area he has a book called Black and Reformed Seeing God's Sovereignty in the African-American Christian Experience, as well as um, Glory Road, The Journey of Ten African-Americans into Reformed Christianity, and Experiencing the Truth. That's another fantastic book, which is basically a, kind of a, an idea of bringing sort of a reform revival into historical black churches. He's got some excellent ideas about how to do that. He's got some other books out as well. It is only right on the topic, but that's one person I would definitely recommend, as well as the B.D. Amwile um, has a great book called The Faithful Preacher. It's a story of three black American preachers early in America's history, Daniel Payne, Lemuel Haynes, and Francis Grimke, who are models of being reformed and ministering in a historically black context. And he has an awesome book also called The Decline of African-American Theology. From biblical faith to cultural captivity, which really shows how um, the understanding of God's sovereignty was something that was not foreign at all to the historic black church. And you can even see that in some of the spirituals, but that uh, there's basically been sort of a slippage into, uh, as far as the overall trend into negative things, you know, shallow doctrine, anemic doctrine, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does an excellent job calling. Calling the church back into a more healthy place. And then lastly, before, if you guys want to offer file comments, Carl F. J., uh, I'm sorry, Carl F. Ellis Jr. also has some awesome books. And he's older. He wrote on this kind of before anybody else was really writing on it as well. And he had some fantastic books where he interacts with liberation theology, for example. And uh, he talks about some of these issues. He's written on Malcolm X. But the, one of the books you definitely got to read by him is Free At Last, The Gospel and the African-American Experience, but check him out. Yeah. So I just want to bring those out to show that th- you know there is, there, are, there is information about this. It's just kind of not um, known maybe as much as it should be, but either of you yeah. all have anything to add to that?
4: Yeah, can I, can I, add I think uh, Chris yeah. Brooks' uh, Chris Brooks's, uh, uh, book on urban apologetics is a, uh, is a good resource. Uh but I, I I did want to go to uh my brother's uh uh question, his statement. Uh I, I don't think there's a uh there's any one to one correlation between uh uh the evangelical response, Absolutely. which I agree is 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 highly hypocritical. I've I've been very uh critical of um uh that response uh as it relates to uh and in light of uh the um, the recent uh political elections. Uh but there's no one to one correlation between the evangelical response and, and and the claim that uh as a result of that historic hypocrisy uh that um that black people should turn to uh Eastern Orthodoxy. Uh it, one of the reasons that we uh, that we are uh Protestants and uh particularly Uh, even within a Reformed tradition, uh, are because of the distinctives, the doctrinal distinctives and theological distinctives that came out of the Reformation uh, that we know for a fact that Eastern Orthodoxy does not uh, subscribe to. So, so, you know, for instance, justification by uh, grace alone through faith alone is a, uh, this is, you know, this is a very, very important uh, leg of um, biblical truth. Uh, it, it can't be uh, grace and works. Uh, if, if it's by works, then the scriptures uh, are a lie and cannot be trusted. And, and so uh, in, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, as is even, even laid out on uh, websites, uh, that uh, official websites of Eastern Orthodoxy, uh, works are a part of uh, salvation. There is a merit of salvation through works. Uh, that is uh, uh, adamantly rejected in the uh, the tradition of Reformed Protestantism, and uh, and so I, I don't see a one-to-one correlation because of a uh, hypocritical evangelical response. The other thing is is that the black tradition has uh, the black church tradition has not always been uh, particularly considered part of uh, evangelical Christianity. And, and and yet the black church has uh, historically been faithful in declaring uh the uh, the gospel so so that um even if it is not defined as evangelical, the black church uh, has been a a beacon uh, and a a vessel through which the um historic Christian faith and the gospel has been declared uh you know going back uh, several centuries, and so so we start looking at Absalom Jones, uh, Richard Allen, and we start looking at many of the early uh, pioneers of the black church uh, in America, Uh, they would not be considered today what you would call evangelical. However, uh, there is to be no doubt that what they declared faithfully uh, was the gospel, and they did not do that uh, inside the context of uh, Eastern Orthodoxy.
3: Maxwell, are you still on the line?
4: Yeah, I'm still here.
3: Anything else before uh, – oh, man, are you guys dropping off? Oh, okay, there's somebody else. I had a couple people, and uh, one of them got tired of waiting and dropped off, but one's still holding, so hold on for once no, that, I'll get to you. That, wanna... No,
7: that, that's it. That's it, Vocab. I just wanted to put that out there, and hopefully it's considered by the panel.
2: Absolutely. Yes, sir. Appreciate Thank you man.
3: very much. All right. Let me get to this last. Last call, and then what we're going to do is switch over into uh, a break. We take a break on the hour. We're coming up on an hour. But first, let me take this call, 413-204. You are live with the panel today at Shield Squad Radio, Damon Richardson and Stefan. Pastor Stefan. So how are you doing, 413?
8: Doing well. Yourself? Thank you.
3: Yes, sir. What's the name of what? Where are you calling from?
8: Uh, Pinkney Salisbury, Jr., calling from Massachusetts.
3: Right on, you have a question
8: or a comment I do Um, The term Urban apologetics I just kind of got into The show because I got a tag from someone To uh, call in So how would um, This be Done to Hebrew Israelites or just People in general Who read Hebrew And really don't see Jesus in the text, like for example, I um, had a discourse with someone about Psalms 2 and 12, and their claim was Bar is son, but I know from Hebrew it means pure. It's an adjective derived from the verb Barah, bait Resh Resh, which is a geminate, and is also present in uh, Ugaritic, which is a cognate language of Hebrew, which also means pure. It would be Barah. Um how would you how would you approach someone you know, as myself, or even more seasoned Hebrew, that's a black Hebrew Israelite or someone that just left Christianity?
3: Alright, that's a good question. Uh you said uh Salisbury Junior from Massachusetts yeah, that's like wants thinking. to know all right, yeah, you wanna know like how would this issue of urban apologetics uh how would that be with somebody who holds to Uh, The Tanakh Some of those issues such as you brought up uh, Specifically Psalm 212 uh, What's the relevance Or how does it relate to somebody who who knows Hebrew and uh, gets Into it that way Uh, Either Damon or Stefan If you would like to have some kind of response To that caller and that question
6: Damon go ahead but I'm right behind you
4: Okay well You know one of the things is uh, One of the approaches that I would Take is to uh, look at the uh, look at historic Christianity and how they handled uh, internally uh, doctrinal and theological issues. Uh, and uh, so, one such place would be Acts chapter 15. Uh, so, when I when I think about the claims of the Black Hebrew Israelites, um, that is a good starting point for, uh, as well as of course the Book of Romans, uh, Galatians, and Colossians. But Acts 15. In particular, because at the end of the day, no matter how we uh, uh, chop it up, uh, the claim that the black Hebrew Israelites are making that um, Negroes or black people who were taken uh, across the uh, transatlantic uh, in the slave trade are actually uh, uh, Yehudi, their tribe of Judah uh, Israelites. That that claim uh, is uh, false, and genetics has obviously proven that. Uh, to be false. It's not only scientifically false, but it's historically false. Well, one of the reasons that that's so important is is, is that, well, if that's false, then at the end of the day, what Black Hebrew Israelites are ultimately uh, advocating is for Gentiles who are following the Messiah uh, to become law keepers. Uh, so, so, so even if that's what they are saying they are not intending to do, that's ultimately what they are advocating for. And seeking to accomplish, because the facts are blacks in America are Hamitic. We are of Kushite lineage. We are not of uh, is- Israeli or uh, Judahite lineage. And so the reality is, is that uh, as uh, blacks become Christians, we have to look to the new te- we've got to look to the scriptures uh, for our instruction. And the scriptures instruct us, uh, um, instruct us to uh obey the word of god uh, but it does not particularly instruct us uh to place ourselves up under the burden of the uh the mitzvot the particular commandments uh that were given to uh the Jews under the under uh the mosaic covenant it doesn't instruct us to do that the ruling at the acts 15 Jerusalem council was that that such a burden would not be placed on the gentiles of whom we are uh, one of the many Gentile groups that that burden should not be placed upon us, and 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 ultimately the ruling uh, consisted of what is considered uh, basic Torah morality. And so so when we approach it from a scriptural standpoint, um, the, the other thing is is that most of the Black Hebrew Israelites really don't know Hebrew. Uh, you've got many of them saying things like modern day or even Mishneh Hebrew is is basically Yiddish uh any first year hebrew student knows uh that yiddish is largely germanic uh with some hebrew influence it's although it is written in hebrew uh it is mostly of uh German, various germanic dialects and so the reality is 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 that most of them really don't know hebrew anyway and they don't understand uh philology in terms of the way That language works. If they did, they would not be putting forth ridiculous arguments like the letter J is only 500 years old, so how could Jesus exist if the letter J – those kind of arguments are are formulated by people who really don't know what they they are talking about. And so one of the ways that I would really deal with those groups is not necessarily to directly deal with them, but more so to deal with people who are impacted and influenced by – those kind of thinkings, and that's usually aimed at people who are sitting in churches. And so, so my apologetics really aimed at people who have family members, friends, associates, and or even themselves who have been um, impacted uh, by some of this teaching and need to know how to think through it and what to think about it from a from a biblical perspective. So, so that's what I really aim more so to do, rather than to have. Uh, uh, direct uh, and, and there are some apologists who do more direct uh, uh, communication and dialogue with them but but minds is not really focused at at that kind of direct dialogue with, with those camps and those groups
6: Absolutely and not, I'll just add to that from experience when it comes to Hebrew Israelites, you know one thing I have to do is uh, we shared last night even uh, I'm sorry Thursday in our last discussion uh, with the group um, and our Last event and we, uh, is that the goal is to have a dialogue, to create a relationship where we can have a dialogue and understand each other. You know, if you look back at the origins of the Hebrew Israelites, the nation of Islam, the Moorish temple, those types of belief systems, the, the goal originally was Pan-Africanism. It was to bring us together. And so what, what I've taught is we're not here to, and I quote, have a discourse or a debate. Our job is to understand each other. And so for me, I want to understand which camp are you from? I mean, there's so many different approaches to uh, those who consider, consider themselves to be Israelite. I want to make sure we're on the same page. And so I want to understand, do you believe in the Pauline, that the Pauline epistles apply to the Scripture? Do you believe uh, that Luke was a, a, a true Contributor uh, when it comes to the book Of Acts as well as the book of Luke I want to know what do you believe Do you believe that Deuteronomy Chapter 28 verse 68 is Paramount to your belief system I want To know and ask those questions but let me Let me just say something to you brother If Christians don't understand Any of this all they Do all they become is listeners And that is what's happened to a lot Of Christians who have been um, Confused and moved into any type of different belief systems, then any, anything, not just the, uh, the, the black Conscious movement, but anything that shifts your way, including uh, agnosticism, atheism, atheism, if it sounds like something you don't understand but it sounds articulate and it sounds like it's something that's smart, you become attracted to it. So for, from my perspective, I just want to make sure as a, a teacher of apologetics that Christians understand more than just the emotional, um, charismatic, uh, uh, life lessons that are being taught in the pulpit in a majority of churches in America. I hope that I,
8: I hope that gives my answer with some clarity. Um, yeah, somewhat. Man, to Jack, I'm sorry. I, I just wasn't sure if you were done. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna ask
3: uh, if you had a if you had a if you had a follow up. Yeah, go ahead.
8: Yeah, it will be sure because I know you're going into a break. Um, well, that, that's why I asked someone who's not exactly a Hebrew Israelite or believe mm-hmm. in those tenets, but someone who has left the church, has studied Hebrew, and does not see uh, your deity in there. And there's a growing number of us that are learning the languages and cognate languages and are, you know, voicing to Hebrew Israelites that it is not Yiddish. It's it's a high German dialect uh, that just uses the, um, the Aramaic block script grapheme index. As well as uh, uh, Ladino And and other such languages Um, But the thing is If there's a growing uh, Movement of Hebrew literacy You will really have a big problem On your hands
3: Well could I make a comment To that Um, So you're talking more specifics about Really issues of Is Christ the Messiah And so that's uh, an issue that's actually of course Been discussed between Christians and those who uh, have followed the Jewish religion in some form or another for literally 2,000 years. And so those uh, discussions, you know, have been had uh, frequently. You know, those are important discussions to have. Uh, But, you know, you specifically brought up Psalm uh, 2. I think there's a couple things we could say about that specifically because um, there are Christians who have discussed this or have written on it. And my understanding is that, you know, Folks who do not see Christ, uh, uh, do not see Yeshua as the Messiah in there might say, "Hey, that's just written concerning David only at the time of his coronation." And certainly, Psalm 2 is a coronation psalm, and it does seem like its original context is for David. But just like with a lot of Hebrew Scripture prophecy, uh, there's a larger filling up, and it seems like when you read through Psalm 2, it's not just the one verse or the one uh, word bar that makes it messianic. It's filled mm-hmm. with messianic imagery, and I would say ultimately it is the finding its ultimate fulfillment in the life of Messiah. But specifically going to the word bar that you brought up, that's the Aramaic word for son, which I can tell you already knew that. And it's true; it's rarely found in the Hebrew Bible, but it is found in Proverbs thirty-one two. And if you look at Proverbs thirty-one two, you'll see there is our Aramaic word bar, and it does mean son in that context. And even if you look back at Old Uh, Translations that you know Religious Jews have done The oldest versions uh, of these Translations they are basically Divided upon this phrase's meaning And you can see that because Hebrew commentators who have a more traditional Approach they have varied Renderings about what they think it means now In the modern Mm -hmm. era there's been a strong Pushback in the modern era Because they know that this is a passage That Christians have used and so there's A real pushback upon seeing any kind of messianic goings-on in 2.12, but historically uh, you'll see a much more varied interpretation. And lastly, this is the last thing I'll say, is that this is not completely abnormal, this Aramaic word, bar, meaning uh, son in there, because if you read Jeremiah 10.11, it's interesting. Who's being addressed there? It's the foreign nations, and guess what? It's crazy. They're being addressed in Aramaic which was of course you know the semitic language of the day they're not being right. addressed there in hebrew and so if you look at the context of psalm 2 it seems like it's talking about these rebellious peoples against the messiah and so it it uses that word bar there maybe as a way to say uh, you know a way to like almost like specifically say and i'm talking to you so it's not just the modern Christian translations that maintain this, this reading. There is a good historic case to be made for it, I think, specifically. But that's really not just specifically an urban apologetic issue. That's really kind of a Hebraic linguistic mess- messianic uh, issue, really, more than anything, I think. I mean, what are your thoughts on what I said there?
8: Uh, well, I did bring up the, uh, the cognate language of Ugaritic, which um... – the sages or the older Jewish um, people were not privy to at the time. You know, the Ugaritic, um, I forgot the name of the, the town it was, but it's like an Acropolis was found in 1929. Uh, you know, the language uh, was fully uh, decoded by the 1950s. So, I mean, it's, it's been a short time since that Canaanite dialect. Has been available for everybody to see and study But it is a, yes. is a linguistics right. issue And I'm just, what I was uh, proposing is that if more Hebrew Israelites uh, Actually understood that it is not Yiddish And realized if they claim to be these people That this is the, the language of their fathers um, It could be attested back to uh, 1000 BCE any written work um, So it'd be You'd it'd be, it'd be hard pressed to uh, Do your quote unquote Urban apologetics A uh, Hebrew Israelite that is starting to learn The Hebrew language Right so uh, I understand Go ahead
3: Just so everyone understands uh, The the, the caller if I'm not mistaken of course is, Will be Tanakh only Hebrew Israelite So he'd still identify ethnically As a Hebrew Israelite but you wouldn't hold no, not no
8: no necessarily I, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent actually um, I wouldn't well, say knock only that,
3: Well that would make a big difference Because of course the new covenant scriptures They give us the the divine interpretation Upon Psalm 2 And so you would no longer be left with the questionable rendering Like you're suggesting It will be clear this is messianic And it refers to Christ uh, just Specifically Yeshua as the Christ
8: I'm, I'm not sure that The, the, the divine yeah, that's kind of going into uh, more so uh, uh, philosophy. I, I, I don't think – I'm just going by what's actually mm. tested in the in the, in the the language itself.
3: I got you. Well, I think Damon or Stefan, someone was trying to make a final comment, and then I'll let you make that final comment. And, caller, I appreciate the nature and challenge of your question. That's an excellent comment, but I think somebody wanted to make a final thing before I jump into this break and then we finish oh, can I, uh, the last can I part just of the say, show. Um,
8: just thank oh, yeah. you for having me on very much, and and I will, you know, uh, talk to you sometime. Thank you, gentlemen, also for, um, you know, having my question and answering it. I thank you, gentlemen, very much, and uh, you enjoy your thank evening. You. Thank you, sir.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
8: Yes, sir. Thank was you. Was
3: one of y'all, uh, I thought one of y'all was maybe trying to, to say,
2: to say yeah, something I, as well. I, 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 I
4: wanted to respond to the particular um, uh, aspect of this question uh, where he suggested that, uh, as uh, uh, If if many of the black Hebrew Israelites If they are to become more astute In the area of uh, Many of your languages uh, Of the ancient Near East He, he talked about Ugaritic and uh, obviously uh, Syriac Hebrew uh, Some of the cognate languages Aramaic or whatever that there would be uh, uh, You know I, I guess we would have a more urban apologetics Would have a more difficult time uh, well, I've got a problem with that because I, I think number one, uh, it tends to uh, underestimate bl- uh, black scholarship. So, particularly <laughs> many of the uh, many of those that are operating within the uh, field of urban apologetics, quite an, uh, I would say uh, uh, most of them are black. Not all, but uh, but many of them are black. So, so it all, it, it almost seems to. Undermine and underestimate black scholarship. Uh, oftentimes, when, when when I am uh, interacting with others um, about biblical text and the Hebraic meaning or the Greek meaning, um, it is very often that I get. So, you actually read and write Hebrew. You actually read and write Greek, uh, as though uh, that is um, th- there's some major surprise uh, to that 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 um, uh, that I'm an actual black scholar that I've actually matriculated. Uh, in a seminary, that I actually have taken foreign languages, particularly uh, biblical languages, and, and know something about it. Um, and, and so uh, I almost hear this assumption uh, uh, that uh, black scholarship, particularly in the area of black apologetics, uh, is, is not really authentic. It's, an, it's, it's not really tested. And And should these guys start learning more about the languages, certainly that would provide a major test for I don't think it will at all I, I think that greatly under underestimates uh, The level of um, scholarship That you're dealing with uh, When it comes down to uh, urban apologetics So I just kind of wanted to uh, Throw that, that point out there
3: Yeah, actually, if I could bring up um, uh, There's a church I was at at the time And we had a relationship With a man named Leon Brown A pastor at Crown & Joy Presbyterian Church. You can look him up at crownandjoy.com. And uh, I was readying the pulpit before he was about to speak, and open in front of him, he had the Bible ready, and it was just the Hebrew text. And then he went and he preached his full sermon, which was excellent. He's an excellent, as they call it, pulpiteer, no doubt. But he preached the whole sermon without any notes, reading from the Hebrew text directly in front of him, and that's all he had on the pulpit. So I just say that um, I appreciate folks that can do that. That's not something I Absolutely. I would feel ready to do myself.
2: But just to right. note
3: that, you know what, to be honest, there'd almost be an advantage in a strange way if more Hebrew Israelites got into this arena, because then what we would be dealing with actually is something Christians have actually known and dealt with for years, which is uh, apologetics from the Jewish side of things. And there's a lot of answers from that whereas when it comes to one west or to not only Hebrew it's kind of be, still being developed but let me do this we have another call who wants to call in caller will you please hold on please do not go anywhere i see you i, I see you press one i'm going to play one song to do our little break and i want to encourage everyone please call in we still got about 40 minutes left on the show 917-889-2233 that's 917-889-2233 press one if you want to be heard Press 1 if you have a question. You've got to press 1. Otherwise, I will not know that you want to talk. I'll just think you only want to listen. So please press 1 and still share this show. The show is not over, and so we want people to still call in. We've got some great stuff coming up here, and we would love you to be part of the Shield Squad Radio with Damon Richardson, and of course, we've also got pastor stefan so taking a little break it's going to be a three and a half minute break the name of this song right here is tear it down and it's by kb and he actually talks about urban apologetics in this track so give us a minute we'll be back on shield squad radio
5: Tight. Yo, yeah, airtight That argument is airtight 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 Yeah, yeah Pretty colors, what up, baby? Hey, girl Hey, the gospel's going out Let's go let me get that thought, living that whole thing, I gotta get that first Picking up the microphone and giving you that lyrical, biblical, biblical rhetoric in that verse. Oh. And I ain't up, coming strong, ain't playing, bruh Super serious about the glory of the Lord, we living in something ready to give it to your life What you think we and in Bible college, bro, studying for hours, bro bending up all kind of dough, ain't that trying to be no scholar's no. When I know my God and in streets, break it down and strength And we get fire, labor, and we're laboring. what good is it all? It's on your university, hey. professors making 80s Everybody nodding heads. my dirt is burly taking it. Bessler call me out, talking by how you deny the truth. true. True, Now I gotta arrive is that right they say it's wrong, this ain't something's wrong uh. But that statement got contradictions all on its own They oh, arguments turn yeah, down. down This ain't judgment, I am not a judge I, I communicate, communicate what to do. tear it down,
9: tear it down ay. We gon' break it down Bring them out, bring them out ay. We can do this now, do it ain't now It is the God knowledge. A Demolition. A I gotta tear it down, down we break it down we can do this now, do we know. know that it calls itself against the God of not a death.
5: Coming up to you, I'm trying to debunk you if you punk you with scientific proof. See, I've been backed in the corners trying to figure out what to do. I know who I believe in, homie. I ain't scared of none of you. See, they ain't take religion from out to the public No, they just took Christ and replaced them with Darwin and some other dude. Now we all exist because lightning when they struck a pool. Now, I'll be God was the cause, be like the hustle. Air tight. Air tight. air tight, air tight, air tight, with and flesh and blood, but with the words of Christ. They say our weapons foolish, but it ain't no shame in me tearing down lies with the truth, even if it brings pain to me. Basically, we make with it, humble's how we keep it. They we got it strong, and they won't dig up nothing to weaken it. Say this, we give our lives, live and strive, live and strive. the glory of God is on you, tear it down. Break it down, bring them out, bring them out Ay, We can do this now, do we now is all that is all Against the God and not, not a day?
9: I gotta take down, down. Ay, We gon' break it down, bring out, bring out Ay, We can do this now, do we that it goes against the a day. A day. I
5: gotta check down. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, yeah, the power of the gospel, persuasive truth, baby, we captives every thought, we yeah. preach Christ, we,
9: every thought. We, we pray so hard, man. we met a faith, airtight. idolatry and false arguments, don't get a chance.
3: What's up? This is Vocab Malone. You are listening again to Shield Squad Radio. If you're already listening, why don't you pass our number around, 917-889-2233. Tell people to hit one if they want to talk. And be sure to go on blogtalkradio.com slash shield squad. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also subscribe to us through LinkedIn and something called Stitcher. Those are all free apps for your phone, whether you have an iPhone or whether you have, in the, in the case of the latter two anyway, a um, Android device or Google phone or one of those. So there's a number of ways to catch us. We come out with brand new shows at least weekly, every week. You know, there's different hosts, Sherry Love, what's up? Sherry, you know, she holds it down with Sister Raquel. G Con, LaRon Consciousness regularly holds it down, So Real holds it down, and then every now and then we have guests like today, Pastor Damon Richardson and Pastor I'm sorry, David Richardson and Urban Apologetics. Apologist and Stefan, Pastor Stefan. So let me bring up our next caller, and remember, if you are on the line, press one. We've only got about 30-some minutes on, on air here, and if you want to, to get after that, if we go into the overtime portion, you've got to be on the line. But again, share this show right now through social media so people can catch it because we've still got some good stuff to discuss as we talk about urban apologetics and a black church. Let me bring up the next caller, though, 305 834 305-834, please state your name and where you calling from and then ask your question or leave your comment. How you doing? Welcome to Shield Squad Radio. 305-834, you were on the air. Can you hear me? You've been on hold a while. Well, 305-834, uh, you pressed one, you're right there, but I'm going to I'll leave your line open for now and uh and if you uh realize you're on there, want to ask your question, you can. But, uh, hey, Brother Damon, you got you, and we got uh, Pastor Stefan. So we, I think we've had some good calls already, um, and I've been glad to hear uh, you guys' responses. Um, what do you think of the calls we've got so far? Oh, we'll
6: ask, oh Great. This is good stuff, man. This, okay, we need this type of uh, conversation in the community more often, again, like I started off initially. Man, what you're doing is necessary. And uh this type of discourse is very important. So let's keep going, man. Hello, hello.
3: A hello? Oh there he is. There he is. Three oh five eight three four. State your name and where you're calling from. You're live on Shield Squad Radio.
7: Okay, it's Maxwell Goldberg again. And I just wanna address the panel on another point. I heard one of the panel panel members state that uh he addresses Hebrew Israelites. Well, I'm a Hebrew Israelite, um mm-hmm. and I believe in Christ. Um, I don't understand the need for urban apologetics, number one. All right, and second, I I think that you guys may be Calvinists or you could have some interest in Israel or you believe that the people of Israel fulfill prophecy. And if you do, if you're that type of Christian, what business do you have addressing Hebrew Israelites because your stance is obviously
6: biased? Can, can I answer answer that part, uh, question? I guess part one. And again, I appreciate your question, man. I, I love this. But let me just say something about what we do at the Doc at Divine Order Church. What I don't want to confuse is that apologetics means attacking Hebrew Israelite. Uh For us, uh, apologetics is uh, is something that has uh, has been around for a long time. Again, of, of course, of you you of course you know that definition of apology is to defend your faith. It's been around forever, and so what we taught, to be honest, Maxwell, and I wish you were here to be a part of it, uh, is that we taught everything from um, um, Scientology to um, Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventists. We went through the World Mission Society, Church of God. We went through so many uh, different belief systems. The reason why is that, to be honest, my brother, we, we, we just don't talk about these things in our community. So it's, it's not an attack. And I want to make sure from our perspective, I can't see for anyone else on the call. When I see apologetics, I'm not here to argue or to to go after anyone else's belief system. We just need to understand belief systems and be able to understand how our faith and our belief system uh, matches up or at least compares to uh, the belief system. And, and, again, I think sometimes that mindset is, is very popular among some of the conscious movements. Uh, belief systems is that it's an attack on them. Apologists are not waking up in the morning trying to figure out how to attack Hebrew Israelites. Come on, is this book's about it. At least, at, at least in my in my from my experience is that I want to actually teach Christians about what they believe in and what how it compares to what others believe. That's my approach. Now I can't speak for anyone else on the call, but I did answer that question initially. And I just want to tell you from my perspective that's what it's about for me.
4: Well, you know, uh uh from from for me, uh apologetics uh, you know we 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 understand the word apology is to provide uh a, a reasonable uh defense or a reasonable uh, argument explanation uh for for what you believe. Uh it it's 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 not uncommon then for people on the other side of that argument to feel that they are coming under attack. Well, the reality is, is that in, in the context of any kind of rhetoric, everybody is debating, everybody is arguing, everybody is presenting a particular point. Uh, so, so apologetics, uh, particularly urban apologetics, uh, is not disingenuous. Uh, it, it is designed to equip um, uh, believers uh, within an urban context with an understanding of what they believe and why and how to, how to answer um, questions that come from outside of the Christian tradition, uh, whether those questions are theological or whatever. And these are issues that, that, uh, that uh, are hostile even to Christianity. Mm. And so, so the reality is this, is is that we are already arguing from the presupposition uh, that uh, our biblical faith is right. We, 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 we do not have a, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, some postmodern idea uh, that that uh, any other position is equal to ours. This is, this is not pluralism. It's definitely not universalism. We are arguing yeah. presuppositionally uh, that the biblical faith, the Christian faith, uh, is is right, and 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 that is predicated on the person of truth, not just on the proposition of it. And so when we understand. Uh, what Jesus taught And what the apostles of Jesus Christ taught uh, We need to be armed with that So we would be able yeah. not only un- To understand what we believe and why But to how to engage and be conversant With others uh, who would ask us questions As First Peter 3.15 says And to be able to sure. give them an answer To our faith with, with gentleness And with respect And and, and so uh, 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 as Part of that is going to bring us Into contention with Many of the views uh, of the hebrew israelites but but it's, it's 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 very disingenuous to pose that type of a question when the reality is is that when you look at what many of the hebrew israelites are saying is they're saying that the uh the the, the church is uh, apostate uh the church is in error the church uh, yeah. is is wrong the church is teaching false doctrine uh those are the positions of uh black hebrew israelites everywhere regardless of which camp you're talking about and, and so they are always providing an apologetic for their people uh, uh, against Christianity and and so to assume that there should not be uh, an apologetic uh, from an urban perspective uh, is not only disingenuous but it, it, it actually makes no sense at all uh, because again within the within the context of um, of rhetoric, Anytime uh, there is public discourse, there is going to be debate or argument, and that is people presenting uh, multiple perspectives or views. We're just approaching that conversation from the standpoint that what we are teaching and advocating uh, from a presuppositional standpoint is correct. We are representing the biblical position with faithfulness, and not only doing that from an argument standpoint, but also from an incarnational standpoint. We are also living out what it is that we mm-hmm. believe that the the life of the spirit of Christ in us we are walking that out uh by faith and and, and so you know that's that's one of the ways that I would approach uh answering uh that question that you uh, you posited here, sir
7: okay, what about the second half of the of you guys maybe supporting Zionist or the Zionist idea or you believe that the people in israel fulfilled prophecy do you does shield squad hold that stance is what i need to know
3: well real quick clarification Uh, uh, damon is my man and i'm just meeting stefan but neither of them are in shield squad and even within shield squad there's diverse opinions about some of those issues but i'll let you guys specifically answer uh, stefan and damon how you would want to answer that question
4: after that clarification so so if he would uh repeat that question again I I, I think I heard Okay uh, do, the question do, do you about hold, zionism All
7: right do you hold the Zionist standpoint that the current uh nation of Israel fulfills prophecy Do you hold that view Does anyone on the panel hold that view
4: Well I would say uh first of all I would I would reject the notion that that's a Zionist view uh because what what you're what you're uh, I think what you're confusing is the people of Israel uh, with the uh, geopolitical term Israel that might represent uh, the actual state of Israel that was uh, reformed in 1948. Uh, so, so when we're talking about Israel uh, from a Christian standpoint, we're talking about the uh, the various diasporic uh, Jews that, that regardless of where they are in the world, whether they have – uh, whether they have uh, done a, uh, a Leah uh, or not, whether whether or not they have returned to the land of Israel, uh, uh, Jews are a diasporic people, and and so the reality is is that yes, Jewish people do fulfill uh, biblical prophecy in in various ways. One of those startling fulfillments is indeed, of course, from from Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, the regathering. Uh, of God's people from the four corners of the earth, and and so that's not a that's not a Zionistic uh, uh, perspective. That's a biblical perspective, and uh, and we also do hold uh, that Jewish people, Jewish people, regardless of what race uh, uh, they are a part of or uh, or or ethnic group, uh, that uh, what it is to be what it is to be ethnically Jewish uh, comes from. Uh, comes from obviously uh, uh, lineage from uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and and so there are genetic uh, there there are genetic particularities to who's Jewish and 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 who is not, and and so regardless of where Jewish people have found themselves in the diaspora, whether it's been in uh, Germany or Russia, or whether it's in, it's it's been in Ethiopia, uh, whether it's in Spain or wherever, uh, regardless of how they look, how they look. Is, is, is not important uh, What makes them Jewish is That they all share That common genetic link uh, To uh, Jewish ancestors That come from the same area That the Bible tells us That they come from So we don't hold the view That in order to be Jewish uh, you, 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 uh, you can't be Ashkenazi Or you, you have to be black Or anything like that Because that's not particularly What makes anybody Jewish anyway And and, and so what what I suspect more so is is that your view is 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 really more particular to that Khazar theory, uh that the Ashkenazi Jews, which would represent uh probably about seventy five percent of most Jewish people in Israel today that they are the fake Jews. Uh, and, and so if you're arguing from that standpoint and then calling that Zionism, uh then you know, that that's uh you know, a whole lot can be said about that. But I would say that that theory has been debunked and it's been stomped into the ground uh, uh, over and over and over again uh, by many historians, archaeologists, uh, and scientists. And, and, and so if that's the position that you're arguing from, uh, then I, I would encourage you to look at uh, the most recent scholarship and, and scientific research that has been done in that area that proves and debunks uh, that theory is false.
7: Okay. Um, I do my own research. I consider myself to be a historian uh, uh, of sorts, okay, and I don't hold that view about the Ashkenazi, okay, and that's why I brought up the Zionist label, okay, which you clearly state that you are a Zionist. You support the nation of Israel. You believe that they are the chosen uh, people. No, we didn't okay? say and that we were sure that that's as something well. that you're hold putting out. Hold yeah. Hold on. That's what you just said. If if you want to pull up the definition of a Zionist, you can pull it up, sir. I'm not accusing no, we, you of anything. That's yeah. what you just said.
4: Well, uh, that's exactly what you're doing, because nobody made any claim uh, to being what, a Zionist. Can you pull up uh, which Okay, is particularly that, that, uh, uh, I'm going to run with that. Yeah, one who, I'm, supports, I'm run with one that. who supports Israel politics is particularly uh, what a Zionist Anybody is. Anybody who supports – so
7: if you, Israel, church, politics, if you do it in church,
4: spiritually. Well, let me let me clear, ask you a question. We're talking me, about geopolitical Israel. We're not talking about not the Jewish man. people. That's not true. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, it is. One Anybody can time, Google
3: One at a time. I'll have to mute mute the brother for just a second here. Uh, one at a time here. I want to ask you a question, Maxwell. Because uh, what do you mean when you say support? What do you mean when you say support the state of Israel? Actually, what do you mean? Could you please define that? So we can – because I think any, your definition – what do you mean by that? Uh, support. Anybody, what do you mean by that?
7: Anybody who supports the nation of Israel spiritually, financially, in any way whatsoever, they well, are but, a but no, Zionist.
3: What do you mean by support? Political though? Zionist,
7: spiritual Zionists, it's all the same if you support the no, nation no, but, of Israel. I,
3: I, I'm not okay. –– I'm, I'm asking a specific question. When you say support – do you mean that you believe they have a right to exist within those borders? What do you mean by support nope.
7: them? Okay. Anybody that supports the right of Israel to exist within that nation structure, either spiritually, politically, okay. Uh, so physically. are you
3: saying that unless a person believes that only Palestinians should live there, or that it should not be no, called Israel, no. what, what, what do that, they? Well, I mean, I'm trying because you said anyone that believes they have a right to live there. What should they hold to instead? What would be a proper biblical position in your view?
7: Okay, the proper biblical uh, position is that uh, Jesus Christ would bring the nation of Israel back, not the uh, the world Zionists. Okay, and there's plenty of uh, Israelis who have uh, big organizations against the Zionist movement. Okay, against Christians who support the Zionist movement, like John Hagee. It sounds like you guys hold oh, the John, John Hagee position.
3: No, no. Personally, I believe John Hagee is uh, either heretical or quasi heretical because some of his views. So I'm not I'm not the guy to say I support John Hagee. But what, what do we mean? So Jesus would bring them back. So what does that mean in the meantime? So in your view, Jesus has not brought the true Israelites back. What do you think should be done with the people who currently live there? Maxwell. What's the biblical view, in your mind? All right. Well, I'm not hearing him anymore. I'm gonna put him on hold and bring up our our next caller. We got only uh, 20 minutes left of the Shield Squad Radio, and I believe this is G-Con on the line. Welcome to Shield Squad Radio. What up?
1: What's going on? Peace to the family. Peace to you, brothers on the panel, man. Great job, man. I'm just listening in, uh, man. I uh, I was just listening to Maxwell. You know, we've interacted with him. Uh, and uh in the group, you know what I'm saying a couple of times, and um, I don't know how he gets that position to where he says we support the movement of zionism when 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 half of those guys you know we see that you know we we pray for' them. we we do what we're supposed to do, you know, but half of them don't believe in Christ, you know what I'm saying, so you know uh we minister the gospel the best way we can, but um uh, I wonder what he will say about Zechariah fourteen because he said that christ. Was supposed to gather them back into the land, and I, I believe that that's what 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 happened in 1948 with you know um, God really gathering these guys partially back into the land until the f- uh, full fulfillment come. When we look at Zechariah 14, I mean, what does he think about that when it says that he will gather all nations against Jerusalem, you know, uh, and, and the city should be taken, and the people, you know, part of the city should be taken. Who? Why? Why would he gather those people? Why would he gather to in Jerusalem? If there's is no Israel, uh, Israelites is in that city, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that for the most part, then in the last days, we see that Israel will be political as well as economical and uh, and also uh, religious. And so we don't see that when we start looking at these groups and saying that they fulfill this prophecy, prophecy of Deuteronomy 28. Uh, we've seen how, if you know historical content, he says he's a historian. We've seen how, you know, Cyrus, God uh, made Cyrus a servant. But at the same time, we got historical content, our writings, I'm sorry, writings of Cyrus. And Cyrus was still uh, believing on the God of or Mordok, because we, the Cyrus cylinder. And so we see that God moved him to move uh, uh, to to, uh, position Israel to be in the position that they was in. But not only that is, we also have historical content to where it says that he built the temple also, Put about he sent the Babylonians back so they can build their temple just as well. So, you know, what do you do when you find stuff like that? You know, if you say you did with historical content, you know, uh what do you do with Zechariah 14? When we see that it says that he that they're going to be back in that land partially and then the the full fulfillment will come when Christ will when his second coming when he comes basically to uh you know uh uh you know give them the position to bring them back into the land you know, and set them up and, and as well as, you know, we see also uh the nations what what's gonna be happening during that time. So that's my thing. Yeah,
4: I, I think it's an untenable position to hold, period. I it, it, there's no basis for it. Uh it typically you you know, you you can almost understand um the uh Palestinian even the Arab argument to it. You can even understand the basis for um, whether you agree with it or not, you can understand where they would be coming from with their argument. Uh, but for a person to say that they are messianic uh, to hold such an argument uh, makes you wonder whether or not they ever believed that Israel had any claim to that land. So, for instance, what would a person uh, like Maxwell believe uh, after, uh, uh, for instance, uh, Titus expelled the Jews uh, from, from Israel uh, uh, between 66 and 70 A.D.? Uh, we know after, after that period, uh, they came back, uh, and then, of course, they were expelled again under uh, Hadrian. And so sometime after, uh, as a result of the Bar Kokhba uh, revolt, they were expelled. So, so why would they come back if there was no ever, ever any claim to the land? So we can see throughout various periods of history uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish people being expelled and then returning to that very same area. They would be returning because of this uh, belief, this assumption that we do have right uh, to, to that land, and, and that, that that right is historically documented uh, within the text of Scripture. Uh, so, so for him to say that they don't have a right, that they would have to wait on the Messiah, would make any return back to uh, the land of Israel uh, uh, illegal. It would make it wrong. It would make any of their Uh, Returns uh, from the diaspora Back to um, Israel Before the second coming Of the Messiah uh, An unbiblical or some sort of Illegal event so it's a really uh, Untenable kind of position To hold
3: Uh, Yeah I mean um, I think You know that he had some interesting Questions and I appreciate you know What he was saying but I also would just Want to maybe say hey Brother, you know, don't be so quick to label anyone who disagrees with you about some of those issues as right. Zionist, because Zionist kind of has some specific meanings, and I I don't necessarily like really think it'd be appropriate to to, to say any of those positions are, equal Zionism. Um, uh, that's a really broad label, and you know, he said like we sound like supporters of John Hagee. I mean, that's really far afield from right. where I am theologically, and I think most of the people. Uh, On the panel would have a similar view, so I just we would we need to be careful about lumping everyone together. Um, And I think a person, you know, I'll I'll tell you honestly, and I I know that not everyone would agree with this. I'm just bringing this out there. I'm not saying that this is what a person needs to hold to. There's reformed commentators who look at Zechariah 14, for example, and do see a lot of spiritual symbolism. Now. That's not the the standard mainstream view, and I understand that. And and I'm still learning about some of this. But my point by saying that is they would see this in spiritual terms. However, however, that same commentator, if you ask him a political question about what do you think about the people in the land today, that doesn't automatically mean they're going to say, well, they should be uh, not allowed to live there. They may have practical reasons about what it would mean to look at.  … Uh, … the folks in that land, regardless of their background, and you can and give them some kind of support. Now, what does it mean, support? That's, I think that's an interesting question I want to continue to right, ask. Does right. the support, the support just mean that you think they should have sovereignty, that they're allowed to simply exist? Does support mean uh, aid that we send there? Does the support mean you pray for the people in that land? Does support mean you think everything they do is right? Now, I think some Christians right. get awfully close to almost thinking everything Israel does is right, and I think that's a that's real right. problem… Because Israel persecutes Christians within its borders. They don't even allow Messianic Jews to return under the right of return, even if they can ethnically show they're actually ethnically Jewish. They don't allow them under the right of return to come, in. that's a real problem. So I think there's some judgment also to be had for that type of really wholesale rejection of Christ and even sort of the rampant secularism that is in Israel. But that's different than what you think about ethnic lineages and all kinds of other questions. and. We have to ask ourselves, would we view someone like Israel more of an ally if we were just talking about U.S. foreign policy as opposed to, uh, say, um, Iran? And it seems like Israel would be a better ally than Iran, for example. But there's a lot there, so that's why I think I really want to suss out. We've only got about 13 minutes left, but I'm going to see if Maxwell is available uh, one more time. But uh, pass this stuff on before I do that, because we're kind of closing mm-hmm. out the show. Could you give a final word maybe about the call or just about this conversation in general because I really do appreciate your contribution and the model that you and your church are setting, and I just want to encourage you in that. So
6: Absolutely. I would like to
3: make sure if you have anything else you'd like to say before I see if I can bring him back on one more time, the floor is yours, Pastor Stefan.
6: Well, I'll just say this again. I'm going to repeat what you're doing, um, vocab, as well as others. I want to send a shout-out to my good friend, Brother Baroon up in New York who does some of the same things, Adam Coleman, some of the other mm-hmm. brothers within this movement to make sure that Christians are equipped to understand Absolutely. not only what they believe, but also to make sure that they understand what others may say to them. I think one thing that Maxwell said, I wish he was still on the call, that um, is disconcerting to me is the fact that it, 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 he, gave, he gave a picture of, of Christian apologists being the aggressor. And I'm going to go back to the reasons. Divine the, the Church started an apologetic class. The reason was is that I had college kids coming home telling me mm-hmm. they are being attacked. They're being attacked by these uh, regenerated memes on Facebook and Instagram. They're being attacked by regenerated revisionist history. They're, they're being attacked by those who have one or two points that someone has told them before they left to go to school that they strongly believe in like the fact that maybe one of my Christian students may be a Zionist. Well, my kids have not studied, studied Zionism like I have, and so they wouldn't know what that means. Are you telling me you support Israel and those white Jews over there? And so my kids will say, wait a minute, the white Jews, I don't, I don't support that because, they, like you said, both have, not everything they've done over there is perfect. I have my own political position, but you can't confuse a political position based on a spiritual position when it comes to what's going on in Israel. So what we're doing here is is so important. You know, I don't know what your your listenership is, but I will just tell you I'm going to promote everything that you're doing because it's so helpful for us to be aware of what's going on. So when you get a call where someone sounds knowledgeable, but they've been actually studying in a direction to prove something instead of learn something, uh, these types of calls make a difference. So kudos to you, man. Where, where, where's your GoFundMe? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't
3: I don't have a GoFundMe. I have a friend who's telling me I need to start this thing called Patreon. I I don't know. Uh, maybe one day I will. For now, um, I, I don't know. You know, I've, I've been wondering about stuff like that because uh, this is starting to get awesome, but also more and more time consuming. I don't know yet. Right now, uh, just hit me up and uh, you know what? I mean, I've had a couple people say, "Hey, let me give you something for PayPal," and usually. I say, all right, this will specifically go to this or that. I'll, for example, you know, graphic design for the shield website, whatever, whatever. But, but again, if you're in the Marietta area, I do encourage people, uh, please, to check out uh, – if you're not part of a healthy, well-balanced church right now, so we're not into sheep stealing. But if you're, if you're in the area and you're looking, check out Divine Order Church and come and say what's up to Pastor Stephon. Uh, Damon Richardson, final of
6: words from your end Bo-Kam, let me say this oh, before we go to, <laughs> to, to Damon i gotta, I got to say this as a shameless plug uh, Tomorrow I'm going to be in part 11 of our study of the book of Acts um, I think it's very important to, oh, to contextually teach as a church And so we've been in the book of Acts since the summer And I invite anyone who wants to finish up with us With Paul and his journeys on this road trip we're taking together To please join in, if not live in Marietta Please go to DivineOrderChurch.org And go to the audio sermons tab And you can go all the way back to the first lesson And uh, catch up with us We just want to make sure you learn your scriptures So when it's time to defend your faith You're not confused or or easily pushed
4: from right to left
3: Awesome David Richardson, (laughs) final words from your end
4: Oh man uh, man, this has been great. I, I uh, have thoroughly enjoyed this dialogue, this conversation. Really appreciate the callers uh, and the questions that, that that they have had. And, and uh, definitely, man, uh, I appreciate your work, and uh, I'm, uh, I've become very familiar with it since, uh, since the time that we've met and the, the, the important work that you are doing uh, in the area. And, and I'll say this, is, is that um, um, the Black Hebrew Israelites as, as a movement uh, it's it's not new, uh, but it has made a uh, a major resurgence uh, within I'd say maybe the last uh, five or so years, and and there are apologists who are doing a lot of work in that area in, in order to be able to equip the church because the, the the seminal question is well what do they believe and somebody has to answer that question, and so right. so so brothers like vocab uh, has been in the trenches and and I really appreciate we appreciate you brother because. Yeah, uh, they're they are not monolithic. They they do have different beliefs. The different camps, those camps are like denominations, and just like United Methodists don't believe the same thing as Presbyterians, all Presbyterians don't believe the same thing. You've got Baptists that 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 range from Arminian to Calvinism. Uh, you, right. uh, uh, Christianity is not monolithic, and neither are the Black Hebrew Israelites. So that question of what do they believe needs to be answered by somebody. Who understands the um, the various doctrinal and theological distinctives, and people who are doing that work, and so sometimes that's underappreciated, uh, and sometimes it almost seems like it's too uh, too focused. But at the end of the day, when we're looking for resources, those resources come from people who have done study. So it, it's a it's a um, it it it's a convenience to just be able to Google it in and get a return, but those returns are coming from people. Who have uh dug that information out and they've done the research. And and, and and it is important that we be able to uh have an apologetic for black Hebrew Israelites and, and, and so the work that uh uh many are out there doing. You've got Lisa Fields Jew Three Project. I don't yeah, want to get into yeah. just naming, but I mean but there, there's a lot of people out there. Uh Anthony Bradley, uh um you, you know, uh, there there are quite a number of people who have done um, a number of, um, uh, uh, you know, urban apologetics type um, has been doing this kind of ministry uh, for uh, quite some time. Chris Brooks up in Detroit, uh, Eric Mason, uh, you know, quite yeah. a number of people. And, and these are more notables, uh, uh, you know, D.A. Uh, Horton, quite a number of people. But, but there are a lot of people uh, like myself, Pastor Stefan, and just a number of people m- that many people may not ever know And and that's the thing that we want to encourage, is that apologetics is something that every believer needs to take up. You don't have to have a popular name. You don't have to Mm -hmm. um, lead a mega church. Uh, This is essentially what Jude said. uh, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was necessary that I write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Uh, We want to see a movement. Uh, a a reformation come out of this where uh, urban Christians are armed uh, with yeah. a powerful understanding of their faith, the Word of God, and they're able to intellectually engage with others and provide solid biblical answers for what they believe and why. And and so I really appreciate this platform, brother.
3: Amen. 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 Well, it's been excellent having you guys
6: on. You did a wonderful job. There's the applause. <laughs> and, uh,
2: Maxwell,
3: if you're still on the line, we've only got five minutes left, but I, I want to make sure if you have one other thing you'd like to say, uh, I can bring you back up because I did not hear you. Are you available on the line again, Brother Maxwell?
2: Yeah, something here. Can you hear
3: me? All right, you got, yeah, you got five minutes. We're going to let you have the final word if you wanted to mention anything else about what you were trying to say earlier.
7: Okay, all right. I don't know why you brothers on the panel acting like you never heard about Christian Zionism. You know what that is, and I'm going to read the definition for you so you can understand. All right, hey, brother. All right, the goal of Zionism is to reestablish Jewish sovereignty in Israel, the end gathering of the exiles, okay? I believe that I am Israel, okay, and a lot of other people believe that we are Israel. So we are at odds with Zionism. That is what you guys support. I'm sorry to give you the news, all right, but this is what it is, okay? So you guys need to really look at your position, all right? Consider moving over to the Eastern Orthodox faith where African people led uh, a fight against Constantine to say that Jesus was God on earth. You need to really research that, okay, and get out of the mess that you're in. You don't really sound like you realize what you're supporting, okay? And that's it. That's
3: well... Do you attend an Eastern Eastern Orthodox Fellowship? Excuse me? Do you attend No, a- I know you guys
7: Eastern- I, I do not, but I really admire that faith. Okay. I'm uh, I'm an Israelite so I don't subscribe to any religion. But for my brothers <laughs> okay. um I'm just giving them information <laughs> so they can think about it and stop dealing with this uh uh thing the Zionism that they're protecting, denying our sovereignty, denying our gathering, and siding with Europeans from Russia and Poland and uh, Switzerland uh, and, and Bavaria, Maxwell, or wherever they might be from. It uh, so so so, you know, sounds like I the Khazar theory to me. So, okay, Maxwell, Most people do. I'm it, sorry to tell you, the world is changing and we understand what the truth is.
3: Maxwell, so this is a fight. It's, but, right, it's strange to me you're encouraging us to join the Eastern Orthodox Church when you haven't done so yourself. That's a little bit of an odd admonition. Right. And the problem okay, is. Okay, I'm, I'm a student of
7: history. I know that the Eastern Orthodox was started by Israelites who ran from Israel, okay? Okay. So I'm just leading so – I'm just you, trying to get the brothers.
3: You, why don't you join the church then? Why don't you be christened and baptized as an Eastern Orthodox member?
7: I know you guys hate Israel. You'll never come to me. I'm just giving wait, you another wait, wait, option.
3: Why can't you – Maxwell, that. why can't you answer Yeah, You're
7: making questions. a lot of assumptions, why? man. I'm just giving why you, you other options, brothers. It's a it's a Christian faith. You can still say you're Christian, and you don't have to subscribe to what vocab is trying to do to y'all, and he's trying to fool y'all. Y'all even oh, sitting goodness. here telling
8: this is no online on on, on the though.
7: on the radio saying y'all not Zionists but y'all support Zionists. Come on, bro.
4: Vocab, what are you up to, man? What are you
9: doing to me, man? <laughs> Thank you,
6: man. We're being I brainwashed
4: your by words. vocab. Wow, <laughs>
9: yeah.
4: that's interesting.
9: I mean, uh,
2: brother,
4: <laughs> I, listen, I've been in this state for 27 years. I became a born-again believer as, uh, after uh, converting uh, from Islam. I just met vocab earlier this year. So, I met him today. So <laughs> that is absolutely absurd <laughs> that you are claiming that you're being brainwashed. And listen, Eastern Orthodoxy is not an option for me. Apparently, it is not even an option for you. <laughs> you have not even answered the question as to whether or not, as to why you're unwilling to join, I mean to actually join the Eastern After Orthodox Church uh, I'd love to hear your answer, if, if you would If you would give us a real, authentic answer As to why you have not joined it yet I had to,
3: I had to, I had to put the brother on the Because guys, we got to end the show Our time is up oh, it's, it's only yeah. <laughs> There's only one minute left on the show But that was classic, man uh, I appreciate Brother Maxwell I like his spirit, I like his vibe uh, I think we yes, could have absolutely. a further dialogue and maybe we could have some positive movement with it. But Pastor Stefan, thank you for your wisdom and your courage and your graciousness. You know, you make the point that this is not about strictly attacking people. Ultimately it's about defending yeah. the gospel because the gospel's life saving and I oh, love yeah. what you're doing as a model. I mean, you're a pastor, I'm not you're the one leading folks. I'm not I'm not trying to pull nothing over on you. I'm asking people to model what you're doing. So I appreciate what you've done and what you're doing right now. And as far as Damon Uh, I met him in person. This is a man's man. This is not somebody who's going to be influenced by little old me in Phoenix, Arizona. He had to grow up in his own struggle, in his own fight, and he knows how to get it in, but he also knows how to get it deep in into the Texan history, and he's someone I have a lot of respect for. So these aren't people who are going to be easily led astray
1: by little (laughs) old me,
3: but I appreciate the flattery nonetheless. So let's close with this song. It's by Hope – I'm sorry, it's by The Truth. The name of the song is Hope. And really, that's why we do this thing, man, is because the gospel brings hope. Thank you very much for joining Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Damon and Pastor Tepan on Shield Squad Radio. No doubt. Yeah, y'all did excellent, man.
5: Keep it up. God bless. And peace out to the next Hey, man. God bless you, brother. All right. All right. Everybody in the building, everybody got a hand in the air. Everybody in the building, everybody got a hand in the air. Everybody in the building, everybody got a hand in the air. Everybody
9: get the brother, and everybody got a. We all want it, yeah. We all need it. We all want it, yeah. But we got that hope big We like all here, don't baby. feel the pressure But know that we I got that hope In case you feel defeated Jesus we got that hope Jesus we got that hope Man in Jesus we got, hope. Jesus, we
5: hope. got hope Blue, collar, Blue collar, white collar
9: White collar Black professors black
5: White scholars,
9: scholars Politicians
5: scholars. Dalai Lama Everybody gonna whole wide world need hope If I be honest I'm in that number but since He saved me I, I'm to survive. I promise I got my due I would go crazy And I would go nuts and I would go numb Broke him down to the lowest crumb But I've been in that pit before and they call me crazy But I got that life and I got that strength In the midnight when the light goes dim The cycle
9: begins Go We all want it yeah. We all need it
5: Drug dealers, drug dealers, meth addict, meth single mama single mama, baby daddy, baby daddy, college students working hard but they about to lose. It. So here he come to bring them the truth, the good news, but they think we still bad. We, so we got it that Hope more work than a pot of gold So much work that we gotta go got. A hope like this, they got enough. know man I got a message that they get him the freedom A man that really beat him when they put him on a criminal And then he resurrected cause they really didn't beat him. And now when you accept that you are no longer criminal you know. And then break it down, give it to him on a five Then we break it down, give it to him on a four, four. Tell them what we got, One, three, three, two, two,
9: one, one, zero. Go. Yeah. We all want it, yeah We all need it, oh We all want it, yeah We all need it, oh We all want it yeah. We all need it, we all want it, yeah, we all, let's we all gon' feel the cancer, of this we got that hope, we all gon' feel the pressure, but know that we got that hope, in case you feel defeated, Jesus, we got that hope, Jesus, we got that hope, Jesus, we got that
5: hope. killers gold diggers. Dope dealers, hustling, grinding, go getters. Hold oh, up. If you're looking for pieces, you might want to roll with us. Hold oh, up. It's dope in the streets where we going going, so hope centers. Homie, we clump with a joy. Open my eyes and he open your boy. Click on my heart that was focused on dough. Over some doughs and loaded your boy. Really Bringing that truth in your doubt know we employed. Work up in him and we won't be destroyed. He's building a sub and filling us sub with pieces and passes loaded
9: with joy. you me, you can't hurt me. My dad and never desert me. My heart is stout, but I'm good, though. Cause I got Hope like I should, bro. Yes sir, we all want it. it. We all need it. We all want it.
5: Everybody get in the building everybody got a hand in the air everybody get in the building everybody got a we all want it we all need it we all want it we all need it